0: It was February of 1991 that this happened, the height of Operation Desert Storm, when a lady who lived in Kansas by the name of Ruth Dillo received a, an unexpected visit at work from two Army officers. They had come to tell her in person that her son, Clayton Carpenter, Private First Class, had stepped onto a mine in Kuwait and was dead. Ruth Dillo would later write, I can't begin to describe my grief and shock. It was almost more than I could bear. For three days, I wept. For three days, I expressed anger and loss. For three days, people tried to comfort me, but to no avail because the loss was too great. But three days after she received that visit, the telephone rang. The voice on the other end said, Mom, it's me. I'm alive. Ruth Dillo said, I I couldn't believe it at first, but then I recognized his voice, and I asked him questions that only he could answer, and it really was him. He was alive. The first message had been a mistake by the army. She said, I laughed, I cried, I felt like turning cartwheels because my son, whom I thought was dead, was really alive, and then she said, I'm sure that none of you can even begin to understand how I felt. Well, I think Mary Magdalene and the disciples understood how she felt that first Easter. We've journeyed through the Gospel of Luke during the Lenten season, and in Luke's Easter account, we're told that the women went to the tomb early on the third day. And when they got there, they found that the stone had been rolled away. And they went inside and they did not find the body. Two men appeared in dazzling white clothes and tried to console the grieving women because they were afraid, they were terrified. But the men asked them a profound question Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he's risen. And then they remembered Jesus' words that he would be crucified and then rise on the third day. Why do you look for the living among the dead? What does Easter mean to you? Is it a cultural thing? Is it a chance to wear a nice new outfit? I see plenty of them out there today. You look great. Is it a necessary stop on the way to brunch with your family? Is it an annual event that needs to be checked off the list? The truth is Easter is much more than any of this. Easter changes everything. The resurrection is God's yes to the world's temporal nose. The resurrection is the power of God's love to take the absolute worst that people can do and not let it be the final word. Easter is the world's great history lesson of how God's love turns despair into joy and defeat into victory and death into new life. And in a world that has as much hurt and pain as ours does today, we need to hear this great news that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. I look back over the years, and I have preached many different Easter sermons, and there's always some core messages that you come back to about what what Easter is all about. I think there are three basic messages of Easter. The first one is that Easter reminds us that Jesus Christ was who he said he was, the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who willingly gave his life to bring God's love and God's kingdom here to earth, and everything that he taught was true. Our faith would not have lasted for 2,000 years if it were based on a lie. If Jesus' death had been the end, he would have gone down in history as a great prophet, a great teacher, a wise rabbi, a healer, as somebody who was not afraid to challenge the political domination system of, of his day and speak out for the weak and the powerless. But there is no way, friends, that the Christian faith would have made it this long if it was built on a lie. But the message of the resurrection lives on. Paul writes to the Corinthians, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our proclamation has been in vain and your faith has been in vain. Easter proves that Jesus was who he said he was. And we can and we should take his word seriously. Secondly, Easter reminds us that there is life after death. Death to this world, as sad as it can be, is simply not the end. Paul says, if it is for this life only that we have hoped in Christ, we are of all people to be most pitied. Heaven is still a mystery to us. Of course, we're left wondering, what's heaven going to be like? Do we go there as soon as we die? Will we recognize other people? Will we still be married there? Will we be reunited with our loved ones that we have lost? Will we be aware of what is going on on earth? All of us ask these questions throughout our lives, and the answers that we come up with greatly affect the way that we look at death. And the truth is, many of us fear death. Perhaps it's the ultimate. Fear, as Paul Tillich once said, but until we are free to die, we are not free to live. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even though he dies, will live, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. In my father's house are many rooms, many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you, and I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. Paul also assures us in that beautiful passage to the Romans that Mary Claire read that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We will not know exactly what heaven is like until we get there, but we do know that heaven is real. And we know that life goes on beyond the grave because of what Jesus has promised. A third Easter message is that we're reminded on this special day that there is also life before death. That no matter what we go through in this life, no matter what comes our way, we can go on living and we can find joy once again. It doesn't matter what it is. Cancer, brain tumors, addictions, miscarriages, divorce, loss of a child. No matter what happens, we can go on living and find joy once again. New life and new beginnings are all around us. That's the power of resurrection. And if you need a new start this Easter, then you've got it. God gives it to you. Paul writes to Second Corinthians, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed away. See, everything has become new. Everything has become new. Now, I don't know about you, but, but I want to live that way. But as important as these basic messages of Easter are, I believe that they lead us to three important questions that we should ask this Easter Sunday. The first question is this, what is it in your life or in your heart that needs to die so that something better can be reborn? Is it bitterness? Is it anger, is it jealousy or resentment? Is it a relationship that you can't get over? Is it a friend who has betrayed you? You know, as human beings, we have things in our hearts that we need to let go of so we can move on to a better future. We may not realize it, but we hold on to things that are unhealthy and that keep us from fullness of life. And I believe that Easter is the perfect time to let it go. To use the old Christian phrase, we might need to be born again. Now that makes some people nervous. But I like what one of my favorite authors Frederick Biegner said when somebody asked him, Dr. Biegner, have you been born again? What did he say? Let me tell you something. I've been born again and again and again and again. And that's Easter. That's the resurrection. When we lose a job or a career, when we lose someone that we love dearly, when cancer is diagnosed, when marriage comes to an end, when depression keeps us from getting out of bed in the morning, when our retirement money gets cut in half, when we find out that our friends, who we thought were our friends, really aren't our friends after all, we must be born again and again and again. That's Easter. It's new life in this world and beyond. Second question. What are you going to do to overcome fear in your life? Fear of rejection? Fear of inadequacy? Fear of failure? Fear of being hurt? Fear of not having enough? Fear of death itself? All of us deal with fear on a regular basis. But some people let it paralyze them. Some people allow it to dominate them, to consume them, to control them. My old friend and, and mentor, Fred Craddock, passed away a few years ago, but he preached a powerful Easter sermon one time when he said this. He said, The opposite of faith is not doubt, the opposite of faith is fear. Fear is death itself. Why didn't you go out for the ball team? Afraid I wouldn't make it. Why didn't you try out for the school play? Afraid I wouldn't get the part. Why did you lie to your parents? Afraid of punishment. Why did you cheat on that test? Afraid I would fail. Why are you jealous? Afraid of losing love. And so Craddock says, Afraid, 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 afraid. That's the refrain of what we are and what we do, but don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to live and love and laugh. Don't be afraid to give and serve and care. Don't be afraid to speak and to do. That's the message of Easter. Don't be afraid because Jesus said, I will be with you always until the end of the age. Final question this Easter Sunday. After you have encountered the risen Christ, after you have worshiped on Easter Sunday morning, How are you going to see the world differently? How are you going to live your life differently? How are you going to treat and talk to and interact with people in your life differently? If we continue in Luke's gospel, he tells us about the road to Emmaus. Two of them were walking on the road to Emmaus, talking about everything that had happened, bemoaning what had happened, when suddenly Jesus appears to them and asks what they're talking about. Well, they didn't recognize him until they got to the place where they were going, and they sat down at the table, and then he took bread, and he blessed it, and he broke it, and their eyes were opened. You know, I think there's so many times in life when Jesus appears to us, and we miss it. We miss it because we are busy doing our own thing. We miss it Because we're not paying attention. We miss it because we are completely consumed in our smartphone. We miss it because we're preoccupied. But Easter is a reminder to look around. There's resurrection everywhere. There is beauty everywhere. There is new life everywhere. Look around. David Brooks has a new book out. I'm a fan of David Brooks. It just came out this week. I'd recommend it to you. It's called The Second Mountain. I'm not done with it, but I can tell you that it's good. But Brooks basically says that in life, there are two mountains. But unfortunately for most people, they spend most of their life or maybe even their entire life living on the first mountain. But what I think Brooks is actually talking about in this book is two different ways of living life. He says, if the first mountain is about building up the ego and defining the self, the second mountain is about shedding the ego and losing the self. If the first mountain is about acquisition, the second mountain is about contribution. If the first mountain is elitist, moving up, the second mountain is egalitarian, planning yourself amid those who need and walking arm in arm with them. I believe that we truly begin to experience the second mountain when we encounter the risen Christ. And it changes who we are, and it changes how we live, and it changes how we see the world and how we treat others. And selfishness, resentment, and fear begin to fade, and we begin to experience joy in ways that we never thought we could. One of the things that Brooks points out is that our culture has become very focused on the self, and it really is a problem. People are lonely. People are depressed. There's been a rise in mental illness, a rise in depression, a rise in the suicide rate. And you have to be a complete fool to deny it. What our world and our culture needs is more joy. And Easter brings joy. Encountering the risen Christ brings joy. Being freed from the fear of death brings joy. And that's why we celebrate Easter. This past week, we all watched those horrific images of the beautiful cathedral of Notre Dame in Paris, we watched it go up in flames. Not the entire cathedral, but a good majority of it. When I lived in Switzerland in 2004, I uh, worked at an Anglican church and I got to go to Paris a number of times and that was the first time that I ever visited Notre Dame. And I was taken back by its beauty and by its splendor and how sad to watch that cathedral burn. The French have vowed to rebuild it and they will. Think over a billion dollars has been pledged to rebuild it. But here's the question that was on my mind. Why do we fail to appreciate so many things and so many people in life until they are gone? Easter is a reminder to not live that way to be filled with the spirit of Christ's love and to let the resurrection change you for good would you join me in prayer God give us eyes to see the beauty of the spring and to behold your majesty in every living thing and may we see in lacy leaves and every budding flower the hand that rules the universe with gentleness and with power And may this Easter grandeur that spring lavishly imparts awaken faded flowers of faith lying dormant in our hearts. And give us ears to hear, dear God, the springtime song of birds with messages more meaningful than our often empty words. Telling harried human beings who are lost in dark despair to be like us and do not worry. For you, God, have us in your care. Amen.